1: This is Evelyn Hershkowitz, Reader Services Librarian here at our Turn the Page podcast from the Sayasa Public Library. Thank you all for joining us. Today I have with us a special guest, Freya Sampson. Freya, thank you so much. And where are you located right now? I am in London, in sunny,
0: muggy London. (laughs) Sunny, Sunny, that doesn't happen a lot, does it? I know we've had a freak summer here it's been Mm. so hot and obviously we're not used to it so all we've talked about for two months is the weather in this country we're like isn't it hot (laughs) you guys have air conditioning though in most places no no we do not oh wow we all have like Wellington boots and raincoats but we don't have any and we cannot cope literally the underground tube system in London grinds to a halt when it's too hot we're just not prepared
1: So the home most homes do not have air conditioning.
0: No one has air conditioning. And it's really funny here, every time it gets hot, like the first day of the heat, all the stores sell out of fans. It's like everyone goes yeah. out and panic buys
1: fans. Well, it happens here too, even though we do have air conditioning, people still buy fans. So <laughs> it happens. Oh, stay cool. I, I'm sorry to hear that you're going through that. I'm just gonna do a quick introduction about Freya and then we'll start Aww. chatting. Freya Sampson is the author of two novels, The Last Chance Library and The Lost Ticket. She worked in TV as an executive producer, and her credits include two documentary series for the BBC about the British royal family and a number of factual and entertainment series. She studied history at Cambridge University and in 2018 was shortlisted for the Executor Novel Prize. She lives in London with her husband, two young children, and an antisocial cat. So thank you so much, Freya, for joining us. Um, Her new book is called The Lost Ticket. It comes out on August 30th. So anyone listening from Sayasit, we'd be happy to put it on reserve for you. It'll be on Overdrive and we will have a print copy at the library. So give us a call and we'll be happy to get you on that reserve list. So Freya, thank you so much. So your Lost Ticket was your very first novel. So this is your sophomore novel. I'm sorry. Your very first novel was The
0: Last Chance Library. So the last ticket is your sophomore novel. Exactly. The Last Chance Library was published exactly a year ago, in fact. Mm. Um, And then, yes, this one is out. Uh, Well, I don't know when this is going out, but for us, it's in a few days time next week. Right. Same for us, August 30th, which is Tuesday. Very exciting. So you must be doing a lot of these interviews, huh? (laughs) I am. I mean, do you know what? It's one of, it's weirdly, I don't know about how you find this. It's one of the rare positives to have come out of the last few years is actually i've been able to talk to and with the debut novel last year been able to do interviews with so many libraries and bookstores and and people that i just probably wouldn't have happened pre 20 march 2020 so it's been really nice actually i've got to talk to a lot more people than perhaps i would have done uh previously so yeah it's been it's fun
1: definitely the silver lining in the pandemic yeah. Is that we get to speak to authors that I mean I never would have spoken to you, especially in London. That just wouldn't have happened. Yeah. So, yeah, this is definitely the the silver lining in all of
0: this. So why don't you tell our listeners what the lost ticket is all about? So it's about two strangers who meet on a bus in London. There's 29-year-old Libby and 82-year-old Frank. And when they meet on the bus, um Frank ends up telling Libby this story about how he has spent 60 years riding this same bus through London looking for a girl he met on the bus when he was 22 years old and they had a brief conversation on the bus journey and it transformed Frank's life. I mean he fell head over heels in love with this girl but more than that the conversation really set him on a different course and at the end of his bus ride he uh, wrote her phone number down on his bus ticket and then he lost it. So he spent 60 years trying to find her and Libby who is at sort of a crisis point in her life she's really inspired by frank's story and decides to try and help him so with a group of sort of eclectic strangers that she meets on the bus she sets out trying to find frank's girl on the 88 bus and yep it's the story of that adventure
1: and it's just it's lovely it's just such a nice upbeat lovely story it's just i highly recommend it to everybody out there listening she's got some really nice reviews um, Publishers Weekly says this will keep readers turning the pages. Booklist, Booklist says, as she did in The Last Chance Library, Samson corrals a cast of misfits for a common cause, resulting in a funny, sweet tearjerker of a tale. So highly recommend it to everybody out there. Now, what your first novel, which you say was published just a year ago, what have you done in the past? What else was your jobs?
0: So my background is in TV. So I spent more years than I care to remember, making uh, documentaries and and kind of entertainment shows, non-scripted, including, as you said in the introduction, I spent four years making two really big documentary series uh, with the royal family, um, and we had access to the family and filmed them all around the world, including on state visits to the White House in America. So that was really incredible, you know, a few years of my life making those, um, but but also I did I mean I did a huge range of uh, projects and I loved it and I and then the reason I loved it was because I got to meet incredible interesting characters I mean ranging from the queen it's pretty you know unique incredible mm-hmm. character but just the ordinary people I met as well I was always just really fascinated and interested in finding out about people's lives. And that's one of the things I really enjoy taking into the books I write is sort of celebrating the kind of quirks and eccentricities of ordinary people. I've, you know, I really enjoy that uh, with my books. Have you always wanted to be an author? Always. Um, But I had the dreaded imposter syndrome. Uh, So although I really wanted to write, I used to, I mean, so many times in my 20s and 30s, I tried to write and then I would just, you know, I'd get like 5,000, 10,000 words in and then I'd be like, oh, no, this is rubbish. And I give up. And it took until my sort of I think I was maybe 36 and I was on maternity leave with my second child. And I thought, if I don't do it now, I never will. I'll go back to TV and I'll carry on working in TV and I'll never give it a go. So I, I signed up to a writing course. And um, yeah, I mean, it changed everything. <laughs> Here I am now. It's lovely. So, yeah, it's been I'm so glad if anyone out there is thinking, I mean, you know, it's never too late. Give it a go because, you know, uh, it's a wonderful thing to have had a chance at doing.
1: That's great. And you've, did your first book sell right away? Did you have any trouble getting it sold? Or?
0: You know, I was really lucky. I think no. there was something in the zeitgeist at the time about, you know, everybody loves libraries. And here in the UK, libraries are really under threat. But I think actually all around the world, libraries are not, you know, there's funding cuts and problems, you know, not in the libraries themselves, but from the, the powers above. And I think also it just sort of struck a chord of, it's a book about community and found family and people coming together to fight for something that matters to them. And I think that, you know, it just it sort of it hit at the right time. People were looking for those sort of uplifting books. So, yeah, she was really lucky. It sold very quickly all around the world, which has been a bit of a dream, really. Wow. So for this book, you're going to be doing a lot of Zoom interviews or are you going to be actually going out and seeing the public? So in the, in the UK, I've been out to see people I'm in the U S not, I still very much hope one day I will come and do a book tour in America, but it's, I think, you know, it's still, it's still not quite happening in the same way as it was before. Is it so, but it's so lovely to chat to people like you on zoom. So I'm having lots of fun from the comfort of my living room. It's wonderful
1: wonderful (laughs) that we're able to do this. I'm really, really glad, really glad. So when you do plan your books, are you a planner
0: or do you fly by the seat of your pants? You outline? So I would love to say I had a really good method, uh, but the truth is I'm I'm sort of plat. So this isn't I would not recommend this to anyone as a way of writing. I sort of plan and then I write a first draft. And discover very quickly that my plan, you know, what I had in mind for my characters is not what they want to do. And actually, for this book, I ended up writing a whole first draft and then scrapping it and starting again. The same story, the same sort of structure, but just the, the actually, do you know, what I think it was I wrote it in 2020. And I think when I went back and I read it, it just felt. I think my own anxieties at the world were really in the story and I was like this isn't the book I want to read the sort of warm celebratory human spirit you know love human connection so I completely rewrote it um so although I'd like to think I was a planner the reality is I think that probably that probably calls me a pantser right if I end up ditching a draft and starting again so all the characters in the
1: book Libby, Frank, Dylan, her sister Rebecca are any of them you?
0: I mean, I think I'm a little bit Libby um, in that I think uh, she lacks confidence. And I think, you know, as I said, with my writing and the sort of imposter syndrome, I, you know, I'm not as bad as her, but I think I, um, you know, I, I've not always Chased the dream straight away. It's taken me a while to get here. And that's sort of her story. You know, one of the things I wanted to look at in the book was this idea that it's sort of not too late. I mean, it wasn't too late for me. I was 41 when my first book was published. And, you know, Libby is 30 by the time, you know, we get really into the story and only just then finding what she wants from her life. So, you know, obviously 30 isn't old, but uh, this idea of sort of chasing it. So I think there's a bit of my story in her. but they're the characters. I'm a real people watcher, so all the characters really come from my sitting on buses, in libraries, in cafes, spying on people. And that inspires most of the characters. No, they're great characters. They really are. Do you have a sister like Rebecca? I don't. <laughs> I have a brother with a very different relationship, but I'm really fascinated by sister relations, Maybe because I don't have a sister myself, you know, you're always really curious about other people's relationships and that is quite a toxic relationship but I sort of wanted with them to explore a bit and I think this can happen in any family dynamic you know what it's like when there's a when a sort of narrative is written at a really young age about someone's role in the family and then you kind of end up it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy right so if someone's like the really academic successful kid And the family can kind of keep that narrative into adulthood, whereas Libby's sort of written off at a young age as being, oh, you know, she always gets things wrong. She makes mistakes. You can't rely on her. And, you know, now these are grown women and they still have that sort of childhood dynamic with the family. And I was I'm kind of quite I think that's the case in lots of families. And I sort of wanted to explore that a bit with those sisters. Mm -hmm yeah I my relationship with my brother is much better than that one okay oh, <laughs> well she did
1: want to go to medical well she didn't really want to go to medical school her father's no. a doctor he wanted her to go to medical school and she exactly. dropped out and they still haven't let her forget it exactly you know, they I mean, just you know, keep
0: harping on it yeah <laughs> and all she wants to do is draw you know she wants to go to oh, art yeah. school but um you know that's they had the parents did not want that
1: yeah no it's The characters are all great. It's definitely a feel good book. I highly recommend it to everybody out there. Really lovely. It's lovely, lovely, lovely. And the first one I have not read yet, but I'm going to go back and read it because it's
0: about libraries. It is. Thank you.
1: Thank you for writing (laughs) about libraries.
0: It's about a shy young library worker who's really, Her life has sort of stopped. Her mother passed away eight years ago. And since the death of her mother, she's really just retreated into a world of books and the sort of safety of the library. It is her safe space. And then when the library is threatened with closure, which is happening all the time here in the UK, a group of uh, wonderfully uh, sort of kooky library patrons form a group to try and save the library. And um, our shy protagonist is sort of forced out of her comfort zone to fight for the library and kind of join this community that are trying to save the library. So, again, it's very uplifting. It's sort of a celebration of community, but also the power of books and and actually the power of libraries. You know, one of the things that I think the book is about is about how libraries aren't just places for books that, you know, that's their primary, obviously, but actually for so many people, libraries are about access to the internet or safe spaces or um, somewhere where they can um, you know meet friends and young mums can go with babies you know and you know better than anyone right libraries are yes. they're a huge they provide so many services community it's for of. the community and it's a yeah. community meeting place now it's exactly and that was really what I wanted to talk about And the you know the what we lose, and there are well, again, you know this, but there are so few spaces in our communities today where you can go and not have to spend any money. Right. The library is such a safe, you know, an, an incredible space in that you can go and you can be there from the moment it opens to the moment it closes and you don't have to spend a penny. And I really see in my local library how many people need that. They need the place to go um so and you know they read the newspapers they access the internet there's a whole world accessible to them in the library so I really wanted to sort of write a book that made that point that these are places worth fighting for and using and celebrating because they're so important to our communities well thank you so much for that I appreciate that (laughs) Mm -hmm. well yeah and what about the um... library does that have air
1: conditioning or no air conditioning there either no air conditioning in my local library. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the greatest parts about it and like we had some heat waves also this summer. And for those right. people that don't have air conditioning, it's like Come the best the library. place to go. Yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. <laughs> not department
0: stores no, not, nobody yeah do you know some department stores do I'm, 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 I'm making us out to be a bit more backward than we are we do have some in shops <laughs> oh, there's, a, there's, a, like a, there's a store a freezer you know a store that sells just has like frozen food and right, i spent right. quite a lot of time hanging out there <laughs> sure oh my gosh it's just crazy
1: now um, I haven't been able to get this book on audio which is really my favourite way of reading books has, is there an audio book version that'll be out?
0: There is. And, you know, I haven't heard it yet. So oh, okay. I'm really interested to know what people think. I've heard the two actresses who play. So there's an actress playing Libby, but there's also this other character in the book, Peggy, who's an older lady mm-hmm. and there's a, an old actress playing her. I heard their samples and they were wonderful. So I'm so excited to hear the audio book. So, yeah, I think I mean, it, it'll be available on the 30th of August, the same day as the book's published. Okay. Were you able to pick them, or are they just? Sentenced? I was involved in the process. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was given options, and straight away these two jumped out at me. They were just, you know, I don't, I, I haven't listened to my own audiobooks because I'm so terrified that uh, of hearing my own words read back to me, oh, no. and being like, oh, I could have written that better. <laughs> and what but about the, Simon that, and Frank are they set different they're they're all narrated by the actress who does Libby um, oh, so okay. she does all the main story and then we just have the Peggy as you know these these Peggy chapters that pop in and out mm-hmm. uh but uh I, I will listen to this one I think so I'm so excited by
1: the yeah. two actresses yeah no when it comes out I definitely want to take a listen also because I just I love audiobooks also I want to talk about the cover what a beautiful cover mm-hmm.
0: It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's nicely thematically linked. Um obviously you people can't see, but it's it's this amazing hot pink colour with this red London bus and yellow writing, and then some of the characters from the book. So when you read the book, you'll be able to identify some of the characters on the front cover. No, the team did a brilliant job. It's beautiful. And there's it lots is. of lovely little details inside the book as well, like this lovely London skyline. Um, it's really lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I have not been to London.
1: And I feel that if you have been, you'll like the book even more because you can relate to the places. Like you make it so, like, I I really wish I had seen all these places. (laughs) I mean, I'm seeing it through your writing,
0: but it just would be so much better, I think, if I had actually been there. Hmm. Well, the nice thing, the bus is set on this particular bus, the 88 bus, which is a route I've lived along almost my whole adult life. But it's a really great route because it passes through many of sort of the most famous landmarks in London. You know, it goes through Oxford Street and Piccadilly Circus and Trafalgar Square and Westminster. So actually you get the book gets to visit lots of like really wonderful London attractions, which is very nice for me to celebrate this city that I love and live in.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's nice. I have to get over there one of these days. (laughs) <laughs>
0: come come and ride the bus <laughs>
1: i i will i mean absolutely that'll be something i'll do mm-hmm. it's great it's it's great do you ride the bus do you take that bus i do yeah as i said yeah.
0: always lived on the or, or for many years lived off different places on the route so it's a route i know really well and have lots of sort of personal experience you know stories on and um uh so so yes it was really nice and as i say i wrote it in 2020 when i couldn't ride the bus actually because of the world so actually it was really nice in the midst of lockdown with my husband and two small children in the house to be able to kind of mentally escape into this route. I knew really well and be out in the city. It was lovely. Wow.
1: Well, yeah, no, it's great. It really, really, really nice. And then, like I said, they're comparing it to Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine and the authenticity project, which I read both and loved both of those books. So those are unbelievably fabulous comparisons. So congratulations on that.
0: Yeah, thank you. They are both brilliant books. I'm very every time I hear that I'm like, oh, it's nice to be in the yeah. same sentence as those two.
1: <laughs> and it says
0: you were shortlisted for the Exeter Novel Prize. What is that? It's a prize for in the UK for unpublished novels. So when I was working on this in the early stages Uh, I yes I was I was you know nominated for this prize which is a really nice confidence boost I have to say because you know when you're there writing your first novel and not knowing if it will ever go anywhere or if you'll ever get an agent or a publishing deal it was a lovely boost to win this or you were to be a runner-up in this prize it was great
1: wow no that's that's fabulous congratulations how long did it take you to write this book uh so
0: probably not that long actually uh about a year I think um I basically I did this writing course and I loved it and I was due to go back to tv work and I said to my husband uh, you know we talked about it and I said I'd like to take another six months before I go back to work unpaid (laughs) And write this book. So I had a real deadline. I was like, okay, I'm going to write this book, and then I'm going to go back to TV, and I'll have done it. I'll have written the book, and whatever happens, I can say I had a go. I wrote a book. So I wrote it quite quickly, and then sent it out to agents. And actually, amazing, he got an agent really quickly. So then suddenly everything kind of changed, and you know, then we start, you know, started editing with the agent. So um yeah, it was pretty quick. But of course, publishing is quite slow. So between finishing the book and it being published, it was eighteen months.
1: Oh so,
0: wow! yeah okay. yeah and what is your writing schedule so I have young children so I write when they're at school oh, so I'm okay. really I'm really focused about it I'm like okay it's like a job I drop the kids at school I sit at my desk I've got six hours till I have to pick them up again and I work really hard <laughs> wow. you write for six hours I try to yeah I mean realistically that means writing for three or four hours and then okay. a couple of hours of you know other writing related admin but yeah I try to treat it I mean it is my job now so right. um yeah it, I treat it as a job It's wonderful any interest in making it into a film I mean I would love that and if anyone who's listening has any connection <laughs> with Hollywood or Netflix yeah. <laughs> I mean I think it would be a lovely film because you know it it's a beautiful be. setting and it's the great characters um but yes we'll see yeah
1: no I think it would make a very nice movie really would it would be lovely really lovely so i thank you so much for speaking with us today
0: thank you so much for having me on it's been lovely to chat with you in you know across the atlantic great yes fun. i know it's we're so far away yet so close it's so, nice. <laughs> so
1: good luck with the book everybody comes out august 30th so i'm going to close this chapter of turn the page i'm evelyn hirschkowitz reader services librarian and with us today we had freya Samson, the author of The Lost Ticket. Thank you so much, Freya, for joining us.
0: Thank you so Have much. Have great bye. day.
1: Thank you. Stay cool. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Bye bye. It's time to close this chapter of Turn the Page. Join us for the next episode.